Hi, everyone. Welcome to Chatisfaction. Uh, my name is Sam, and this gentleman to my east is... I'm Keith. And we're here to talk about our two favorite things in the world, heavy metal music uh, and puka shell necklaces. That's what Chatisfaction yeah. is about. Um, Keith, you emailed me earlier today and said you actually are interested in a new... We've got a new puka shell uh in the mail and i just wondering if you wanted to talk about that yeah i do um so it's not as big as my other puka shells but i think that that's okay because i can wear it with them as well, well. i can wear a multiple under understated is a statement too you know yeah exactly but i'm go- i want to wear like multiple at the same time so. right and that's yeah that's called accessorizing your accessories yeah so this one is more of like an off blue kind of color and my oh, other nice. one's a little orangey very so nice like red Blue and orange are complement colors. I know that because I studied color well, in college. And you know I love that because go Broncos. Oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I think this is going to look good. I don't know what outfits I'm going to wear it with, but I'm, I think um, it could be the start of something new, well, especially I th- if I put it on my Instagram. I think what helped both of us fall in love with the pook is that you they go with every outfit, you know? Um, yeah. That's what I love about them so much. And so I think, like, you don't have to know what outfit. You kind of decide your pook, and then you decide your outfit. And you don't have to think about the two together, usually. Just make sure you're not wearing, like, a, some turtleneck that's going to cover it, you know? Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I also don't like wearing open-toed shoes, and I feel like you exclusively have to wear open-toed shoes with it's true. the pook. Yeah, it's one of the challenges. Um, I, you look like a fucking weirdo. Yeah, and, and that's, I mean, the pook is the ultimate accessory. You don't want to take away from it by hiding your toes. Yeah. Um, I already forgot the other thing I pretended that we talk about. Heavy metal music. Oh, yeah, heavy metal music. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, like, how heavy have you gone in your life? Like, is, is Iron Maiden even considered heavy metal? No, Iron Maiden like is heavy metal. metal. Iron Maiden is heavy metal by 1982 standards. Um, yeah. by nowadays there's like 10 different versions of metal and Iron Maiden is not Iron Maiden is B I think honestly considered hair metal. Um, yeah. And I really, yeah. I think hair metal is where I stopped. Uh, it was where I started yeah. and where I stopped. I like, yeah. like ostentatious, uh, like I like really gay metal. I think is probably the best way to put it. <laughs> um, like Judas Priest. Yeah. I fucking love Judas Priest and Rob Halford yeah. was actually gay. I don't think Bruce Dickinson is, but it's still, it's that like, Big hair, tight, you know, tight pants, just super like over the top. I like flamboyant metal. Um, yeah. But what I like about it, the thing that I and and when I say like, I mean liked. It's definitely not my type of music anymore. Um, mm. What I always liked about it was the guitar was really specific. Like you could hear every note. It was it was like fun to listen to. But it was mo- like you can play an Iron Maiden song on the piano, like, and mm-hmm. you can tell what it is because it's it's like they're very melodic, and I feel like most other metal, most things that metalheads, especially nowadays, like, which I'm not putting it down, it's just not my kind of music. It's much more sounds like it's yeah. like this wall of sound, um, yeah. And I like that intentional, specific uh, guitar work. It's honestly one. Of, it's the same reason I really like Dire Straits. Um, mm. Dire, honestly, like Mark Knopfler's guitar is very metal in its like specificness, and I like that. Yeah, I think there's something to be said. Like, like Iron Maiden and bands like that are really just fun to listen to because it's also like a narrative thing going on there, and it's over the top for sure. But it's like it's just fun, you know? Yeah. Uh, I what I don't like is like scream metal or yeah thrash metal. Yeah, thrash. Yeah, all that stuff, yeah. I think I, I we're probably in the same sort of metal there, like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden bands like that. And what was yeah, that? Yeah, I just remember. What was that new metal band that came out in high school that was really ridiculous? The, oh, it's like Dragon Force? No, no, this was like, uh, they did, I believe in a thing called love. Darkness. Oh. The darkness, Tessa just said it, even the though darkness, she's yeah. not supposed to be listening. um i don't know why she can't listen that's not very fair um but yeah are they they considered metal though i the darkness is like hair metal it's it is totally that sort of 80s it's like 
it's like a mix between like maiden and queen i feel like um but uh but yeah i loved them and then uh there is actually there's a, a modern metal band called Steel Panther that is incredibly fun to listen to, um, yeah. but all of their songs are just absurd. Like that's their whole point. They're super obscene, but they're actually still like they're they satisfy the same musical cravings as like Maiden and stuff. Um, yeah. But they talk about banging. Exactly. Ooh, pardon me. Um, a friend of mine lives in Los Angeles said that Steel Panther used to play a concert every Tuesday. And she went mm-hmm. to see it once and, uh, or I think she went to see it a handful of times at one of the times she was there, CeeLo Green got on stage and then sang Don't Stop Believing" with the band. And that sounds like just such wow. an amazing thing to witness. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. CeeLo Green. Whatever happened to him? I think he might be a raper. Really? Yeah. There's some stories about like some stuff about him being sexually inappropriate. Um, I don't know Seems the deeds. going around. Hashtag feminism. Hashtag twitter.com. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of feminism, do you remember the Google thing from like not that long ago? Where yeah. the employee sent out the memo? Yeah. I remember in the middle of that reading that memo and thinking they're like, where's the controversy here did you ever actually read the memo no i read like a i think i read the beginning and then a synopsis of it yeah i like actually read the whole memo yeah and i was like this seems like a perfectly reasonable thing that this guy's trying to put forward and he got like destroyed for it and fired and he's making the rounds and i think he's gonna actually like sue and make a bunch of money yeah Um, he'll be fine but I think I was listening to him talk to Joe Rogan about it. And it's like, I just want them to like realize what they're doing is not helpful. Like I, what he was doing was actually trying to actually isolate what the problems are. Like why there's a, there's not as much uh, diversity as there could be. Um, like you know, I think, yeah. So without, I, I can't, I, I my instinct is to like start getting defensive, but I haven't read the memo. And so I think it'd be disingenuous. Um, yeah, but my just bottom line, I think the, the one of the big issues is, uh, disseminating a 10 page manifesto throughout mm-hmm. your company, fundamentally disagreeing with one of the company's principles is not a smart yeah. thing to do. Um, and that's that I think regardless really of the content of it is, is, is I think a reasonable, it's a reasonable fireable offense to, it, it's not like he took this to management and then management made it public. He specifically yeah. and intentionally spread this out throughout the company, sent it to everyone he could and then mm-hmm. got in trouble for it, which I think is totally reasonable no matter what it says. It's disagreeing with the company he works for very publicly, like yeah, and that's that's just not a smart move, no matter where you are. It is at Google, and it's a hot button issue, and so it's getting inflated, you know, maybe more than necessary. I think it definitely is. I think that like even that aspect of it, which I never really even thought of, um, like doesn't. I don't even think they cared about that. It was when. It was when it like made it to social media and it leaked and then all the like hoopla about it got out of control and then and then they decided to get rid of decided to get rid of him because of the controversy. Yeah. But Yeah, it just it just seems like it's really hard with this kind of stuff because it's hard to suss out what is real. Like what what is the real story here? What's reality and what's all what is just people making a bunch of noise over nothing. Um but you know, I read it myself. I thought there was nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I like and like you but like you bring up a good point of like maybe it wasn't the best way to handle it as an employee of a big company. Right. And that's somebody else I saw more of a joke, but someone was saying like you don't write a 10-page manifesto a well-written 10 page manifesto without some drafts like this guy clearly was doing this at work <laughs> like and that should yeah. be a fireball offense which that's more of a joke obviously but i'd like that idea um no i'll uh i'll how about i'll make sure to read it and then we can revisit my specific thoughts on it next week yeah 
Um, I just, I, I like as a just as a thing, you know, people are saying he's a misogynist, sexist pig, and that there's dangerous and harmful stuff in there, and it's like it's just data. That's all he's doing is relaying data. Yeah, but that's like, unfortunately, that's often how like sexist, racists communicate. Is they go, it's just, I'm just talking about science. Women are less mm-hmm. capable than men. It's just it's science. You can't argue with that. Like, and that's those things. Like, you know, a- anybody can it's easy to manipulate things or to present things in a way that makes your opinion more valid. And it's, once again, I haven't read it, but my, my instinct is to, to, is to argue against him. And so it's probably a bad place to be. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to stop until I actually read it. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know what brought me to that. There was a bigger, there was a larger thing bigger than that. Well, you're talking, you said hashtag feminism. Oh yeah, I did. And that was a... So the larger thing you want to talk about is hashtags. Yeah, I guess. You ever hashtag? Do you know what the point of hashtagging is? Yeah. Like the actual point of it? Yeah, I mean, basically it makes... uh, It's it's a way to make your... Whatever your content is machine findable. Um, Yeah. So, like, the idea of a trending hashtag is that somebody post something with a particular hashtag and then other people like like they post the same thing and then this hashtag starts showing up more and more across social media and then people mm-hmm. know that this is something other people are talking about they start reading into it like and and it's also just a way like tv shows will say you know like oh hashtag this and then all they have to do is go search across social media for that hashtag and it yeah. makes it it's it's easily findable yeah I like it when people use it that way. I've I've been using a lot of hashtags because I've been posting a lot of art in my Instagram. Yeah. And I feel like a fucking doofus for it. But I'm like, this is how you get eyes on your stuff. It's true. And like, there's definitely people that I don't know, like random people liking the stuff that I'm posting. But I also really, it really, really bugs me when people use hashtags that are just useless. Like, like baby pictures of like, hashtag my sweet boy it's like ugh. i don't know i don't know if this is the right way see i what i like about that is that's how i always hashtagged and to me the mm-hmm. point of it is that i know there's no way anybody else is hashtagging this and so there's no point to it like i <laughs> yeah. i like the the pointlessness i actually me and uh our friend tim we really like hashtagging like entire sentences mm-hmm. um just like we don't really know what we're doing be like yeah. Hashtag isn't this a funny joke that I just made? Like stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> we like that. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I just, like I feel like you make it known that what you're doing is a little bit ironic. Isn't it ironic? Yeah. Um I also really like talking about social media. Hilarious social media jokes I like to make. Um mm-hmm. every once in a while I get in a mood and I try to find at least two year old post uh like that i was involved in and then i like to put a really benign comment on it just like lol (laughs) or something like that like just that i'm just seeing it because that happens all the time like someone will just like something from like five years and what the fuck (laughs) like why is this happening right now and so i I really like just sort of re-unearthing these things but not in a like hey do you remember this kind of way but in a acting like it's still 100 percent relevant kind of way or just like you know, the, you know, the like, whole comment will be like, right? With a question mark. Right? Yeah. I, you know what I like about Facebook is the memories thing that they do. It's they getting pull something that you did eight years ago. Yeah. They pulled something that you did eight years ago. And I'm like, yeah, I remember when my life was better too. I don't need this. Go away, please. I wish you could disable it. Dude, your life is way better now than it was eight years ago. <laughs> I know. I'm just making a joke. <laughs> Yeah, but I just want to say it's better. Yeah. Um, no, and I, I hate it. Like, I'm not – I I frustratingly surf Facebook. I rarely use it. Um, I use it all the time, but I rarely contribute, I guess. Um, yeah. And that's what I hate about those memories is that I feel like 50% of my Facebook feed is people sharing their memories. And it's like, if, you know, this if – you, if you look at this, like, logically, it can't – continue (laughs) like it's just eventually it's going to be 
you know, we're going to hit a, the hit the curve, the asymptote, and it's just going to be no new content and only people posting memories of them posting memories of them posting memories. Like, it's just never going to end. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it'd be That's funny to make an app where it shows you what you're going to post on Facebook in three years, and it's just... <laughs> Uh, what you're going to post in three years is just a memory of what you posted three years ago, which is what you're posting right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that would be appropriate for sure. Man. Yeah. I just wish that I don't, I mean, I don't know cause I haven't explored, but I wish there was an option to disable that stuff. You can turn it off oh. for yourself, but you obviously yeah. can't turn off what other people want to do. Oh yeah. That's fine. I just don't, I like, I hate going to Facebook every day and being like, remember this from eight years ago? Like, I'm trying to forget. <laughs> I am trying to move on. See, now you're going hard the other way that your life is so terrible eight years ago. Yeah. The truth well, the, lies I was in joking the before. The truth lies in between my Keith. That's true. I do. I make better decisions now than I made eight years ago. Yeah, for sure. I'm on an upswing. Not for sure you do. For sure we all do. Yeah. Um, you're informed by your past self exact mundo gotta grow so uh, uh monday tessa mm-hmm. and i used our movie pass for the first time oh cool you guys signed up for that yeah um it went very smoothly the movie tickets should have been 12 bucks a piece and they were mm-hmm. instead free not free because we paid ten dollars a month but still we didn't have to pay yeah. for them it was kind of rad, and uh, I know you'd be excited about this. We saw Baby Driver. Oh, sweet. Um, and I would love to give, if you and I could give a, a spoiler-free uh, review. Sure. Um, what you think? I fucking loved it. Tessa fucking loved it, too. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was really, really great. Yeah. Um, it was so much fun. I don't normally really like car chases in movies, or even really like shootouts. They're normally kind of boring. I normally yeah. sort of check out, but I'm like eager to go back and watch the action scenes of that movie. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, man, I just thought it was awesome. Edgar Wright is a meticulous filmmaker. Yeah. I think there's something that's easily digestible about watching his films and just recognizing the craft that went into it uh and another thing it's like watching that and watching something like twin peaks um got me thinking that like i really miss well not that i miss it because i don't think it's gone completely but you know being that we're in like deep in the marvel cinematic universe and shared tv universes and everyone's trying to do a shared universe what i miss a lot is the sense of authorship that comes with uh with certain directors and writers and and stuff like that, like Edgar, uh, like Edgar Wright, when he makes a film, it looks like an Edgar Wright film. Right. And you don't. Same with like, you don't get to make your film for Marvel, as is evidenced by the fact that Edgar Wright got fucking fired from his film because he wanted it to be his. Right. Um, um, no, I, the only I agree one with that. Yeah, the only one in Marvel that I feel like has has retained their sense of authorship is uh, James Gunn. I think. Yeah. Guardians is so clearly his thing. Yeah. Which yeah. is, it's allowed to be because it's so separate. Yeah. Um, no, I um, agree with that. But yeah, that's a, that, I really enjoyed that about Baby Driver. I think, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it was an exciting and fun movie. And I, I loved how well choreographed a lot of the stuff was. Like, there was that one shot in the beginning, like after that first heist where he goes and gets coffee. And everything about it was like cued to the music, even yeah. like the parts where they would talk and stuff. Like I, I would definitely like to go back and watch it again. I feel like Edgar Wright's movies have a rewatchability where there's so much shit going on in every single scene yeah. that it's impossible to take it in at first viewing. And like even subsequent viewing viewings, you probably catch something like a small detail uh, over and over again. Yeah, and that's um, I. I have to say, I think you mentioned this to me probably uh, before, like when it first came out. But I think it's the mm. best use of music I've ever seen in a movie. Um, mm. I loved how it worked the music, and I've been listening to the soundtrack at work, and it just makes me want to watch the movie again. Yeah, there's um, things about it that aren't as tight as his other movies. Like I think the story is pretty straightforward and not 
not uh not completely unpredictable i don't think it needs to be i think the movie is more about like the movie making part of it and the choreography and how things come together but uh i just didn't think like the story beats were that exciting see and i like once again avoiding spoiler territory here um Mm. i think that the movie had a lot of opportunity to play into cliche that i expected and it it didn't do it um like one one maybe minor spoiler is like the movie starts you know and he's got these headphones in and everyone's like wondering like why is he listening to music we're talking to him and stuff like that and in most other movies he would just be that would be his shtick is he always has his headphones in he's always listening to music he can't take his headphones out and then like in a climactic moment he loses headphones or the girl he's in love with would convince him to take his headphones off or something like that but in this movie it's like that's his shtick uh until it's not and then there's plenty of scenes where he's not wearing his headphones and he's fine like and that's one of the that's one of the many little details that I thought made it made it from an obvious it it didn't take the obvious path that I would have expected. Um, yeah. And so that's I liked stuff like that throughout the movie. I thought where this this piece of storytelling is pretty tr- like highly treaded territory, but he's mm-hmm. he sort of did it in a more real enjoyable way than it usually is is handled. Yeah, it was. A baseline, it was a lot of fun. It was probably one of the most fun movies I've seen in quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, it was fucking great. Yeah, and the stunts and and all the choreography was amazing. Yeah, real, real Uh, good. John Hamm was awesome in this movie. He was. I I was telling Tessa, this might be my favorite John Hamm role, but I've also never watched Mad Men, so that's probably part of it. Yeah, I think it's tough because Mad Men is such a long, long long-standing role of his, and it's it's clearly the one that, like, jump-started his career. Um, but it's, I, I could, I don't know. I tried to watch Mad Men a few times and I, I feel it's that sort of thing where it's like, I feel like I should love this show, but it's just not hooking me. There's something about it. That's just like, I could put this down and never come back to it and be fine with it. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I've never even tried it and someday I will, but like, it's our friend Roger's favorite television show. Um, and that's like Roger and I have very similar tastes and stuff. You as well. Like, so it it seems like the kind of thing we should be able to get into. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll try to pick it up again one day, but I made it through like, uh, at least the first two seasons and a little bit of three. And then I just put it down and I'm, I've never been bothered by the fact that I put that down in in the way that like, I'm very bothered by the fact that I've never gone back and, tried to finish the wire i started that dude oh, i got in season one of that i got into season four of the wire and stopped that drives me fucking oh, really? crazy that, there's only like five seasons right i know yeah i have like a season and a half left of that show and there i cannot start where i left off i have to watch that show from the beginning again which is a lot yeah. of work yeah it's it's really well done though yeah it is it's it's on my list pretty high on my list of real shows to get back into yeah there's enough people that say it's the best show ever made where i'm like God, i gotta i gotta i gotta get into that again and there's so many good actors from that show that are in stuff currently like i think uh a bunch of them make it to walking dead idris elba is in a bunch of stuff oh yeah he started on that show yeah he's real good um omar mm-hmm. omar coming omar coming <laughs> um i don't i like he's not in the show a lot where i'm at in the show but i just remember randomly seeing a scene when i was like flipping through hbo through, at someone's house one day and it was just omar like walking down the street and that was that was the part it was a bunch of people yelling like omar coming yeah they always do that yeah because omar is the fucking man and I also know that he's spoilers three two. No wait wait wait! I might not know the spoiler. You shouldn't. You know Omar the character, right? You're deep into it. Yeah, he's gay as fuck. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't know if you. It was like about someone dying or some shit. No, no, no. He's gay as shit. Yeah, he is. He loves the men. Big Bang Bong. Fuck. Maybe that'll be the next show I get into. I'm watching walking dead while i draw now it's my new like thing in the background while i draw show 
It was it was the old Twin Peaks show because a lot of that shit sucks. Um, and now I was like getting through Arrow by doing that, and now it's Walking Dead. Oh, I wish I had drawing to do to make me watch shows. Well, I mostly just listen to them while I draw. Yeah. Um, do you watch Walking Dead? No, I watched the first season and I hate it. It's a terrible show, I think. Yeah. It's it's an odd thing. Like it definitely like bounces back and finds a good footing at a certain point, but it's so frustrating. The show is capable of the highest highs on TV and some of the most some of the lowest lows as well. Like they have some problems behind the scenes clearly, and I wish that they would resolve them so that they could just make a solid show through and through. Yeah. Um, but you know, they make that money and they get those ratings. So who am I to say? Um, their fan base. Exactly. I'm not, well, I'm not like a huge fan of the show. I like the comic way more. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Just watching the, uh, the show the first season, I didn't care about any of the characters at all ever. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I don't, what's the fucking point of this? Like, I don't care if anyone lives or dies. I don't care about yeah. their personal drama. I just don't like it. Yeah. So, and they, they like bastardize some characters that are awesome in the book. But then they also go out of their way to make characters that were in the book really throwaway, really awesome. So it's kind of like a trade-off. They really fuck up one character so bad. I was so mad about it. Yeah. Oh, well. And the show... How far did you get in the comic? You stopped at a certain point, right? Um, yeah. Wait, are we doing Walking Dead spoilers, Keith? We got to warn people. Yeah. I mean, spoilers. Obvi. No, it's not Obvi, Keith. I'm a spoiler <laughs> king here, okay? You got to <laughs> operate in my world. Yeah. Uh, spoilers for Walking Dead comics, and I think you probably stopped like 10 years ago. Um, yeah, but also spoilers for the show. Because I don't care about the show, so I don't mind if you spoil stuff for me. Yeah. Um, but anywho, so now moving on to spoilers for The Walking Dead. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, I got to... They left the prison. Lori and the baby died. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they... Uh, Rick was... They like made it to a farm. And some guy said he knew how to cure the thing made it to a farm after that i think so yeah didn't they go back to herschel's farm i don't know but some guy said he could he knew they had to get to washington dc or something because he knew how to to fix abraham and eugene and and rosita yeah i guess that's exactly it yeah um yeah that moment in the book when laurie and the the baby die that's when i was like oh shit this con this book's not fucking around that that moment i remember thinking like oh shit i might want to stop reading like yeah i really liked their characters and i liked their love story and i don't know if i want to keep reading without it and that is why it was a good comic because it made me care yeah and that's saying in the show at no point that i fucking care yeah the first season first two seasons there's a lot of growing pains the third season is where they really hit their stride See, and, and i just rather watch the first stuff. two seasons of growing pains mm, gotcha never watched that show either i watched some random randoms when i was a kid which one is that is that the one with michael j fox um no, no that was family ties i believe Mm-hmm. Or maybe not. I'm talking out of my butt. No, Growing Pains had uh, had nobody. Nobody. Nobody that is anybody no more. I don't think. Now that you have a job with a set schedule that's different from the way you used to live your life. Correct. This is a whole new orientation of your life. Basically, are there any new habits that you've picked up? No. I'm on this coffee kick right now. I feel like I've been on, I've been drinking coffee for a while now though. Yeah. It didn't start with this. 
Anytime I had to wake up early, I would drink coffee. I like coffee. Yeah. Well, I used to drink it strictly as a utility. Like, if I was feeling extra tired, I would get a coffee. And I'm like, I just need this to boost me a little bit. But now I just enjoy the ritual of it. And I'm starting to enjoy the taste of it. And I still mostly like my coffee bitter as hell. The blacker, the better. I mean, it it kind of starts at a certain blackness, and then you can't get much blacker than that. It's true. Unfortunately. But no cream, no sugar. Word. However... I love Dunkin' Donuts French vanilla coffee. And you can get it unsweetened, so it's still black as fuck. It just has that hint of vanilla flavor. Every time you order coffee, do you do they go, what can I get you, sir? And you say, in brightest day and blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. And then <laughs> they go, what are you doing? It's a green lantern oath. And you go, well, yeah, but it talks about the blackest night. And then they go, well, yeah, but why would you do the whole oath? And then you go, I don't know. I didn't think of the joke through. Because that's literally what I just did, is start that whole thing and then realize I was wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So you do that? I don't do that ever. (laughs) Okay. I never do that. I can confidently say I've never done that. Well, maybe try it. It's embarrassing. I do think about Blackest Night quite a bit, though, when I drink my coffee. Yeah. I like my coffee like I like my Green Lantern events, Blackest Night. Written by Jeff Johns. Yeah. So, do you, does Jeff Johns work here? Or do you have a guy that just named Jeff Johns? Can we just pretend he's Jeff Johns? Uh, Michael Ian Black and Stella says, I like my coffee like I like my women. Strong, black, and proud. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, coffee is great, and I 100% agree that it's got a good utility, but the ritual of drinking it is probably more important. Um, yeah. and we have an espresso maker at work, which is cool, but I don't get that ritual because it's like concentrated coffee. And so I actually talked to my boss and I think we're going to get a drip coffee maker pretty much just for me. Nobody else wants it. Um, really? Yeah. So I'll make the whole fucking office smell like coffee every day. <laughs> yeah. I just like drip coffee. I don't like, I don't like any of the extra shit. Like I, you know, what's annoying is when I go to a coffee thing and they have like a whole menu and I can't find just, like, where's the regular fucking coffee? Like, some menus just don't have it. And I've definitely gone up to people and, like, been like, can I just get a black coffee? And they've looked at me confused. And I'm like, I feel like that's the standard thing here. What the hell? Hashtag hipster problems. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Um, I got a really expensive cup of coffee in Charlottesville next to the comic book shop that I go to there. Yeah. Um, cause it's next to the comic book shop. So I was like, fuck, I'll try this out. And it was expensive, but man, it was good. Um, but here, like I'm starting to like discern what is good coffee and what is bad coffee. Just yeah. much like when you first start drinking beer, you're like, oh, beer is shitty. And then you start like actually finding ones that you yeah. like, and then you can discern like, what's the difference between It's definitely coffee. easier to make that, that, uh, distinction when you're drinking it black too. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely don't have much of a palate. I, I know bad coffee and I know really good coffee and then everything else is kind of the same. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you should try next time you have to get like an espresso drink, you get like an Americano. That's a real bitter drink. I just don't like saying that word. Americano. Yeah. Well, just say it. No, Americano. Yeah. I hate it. Well, you did a really good job. Like- like just the thought of saying it, even thinking it, I'm like, fuck, get this shit out of my mind. Why? I don't know what it is about it. It's just like a saying it is like Americano. It's just like America. Amer- no, which is something we've all been thinking for like every day for the Americano. last year or two. No, like America. You sound like a Californian. No, just act like a- America is about to do some other dumb thing and you want to tell it not to America. No. Well, America's never about to do a dumb thing. It's a very particular person that's about to do a dumb thing. Yeah, but like... And unfortunately, that person represents all of America. Right. And I really wish he didn't. I just wish that he did not. But do you remember when America voted him into office? Like, that would be a really good time to say, America, no. That would have been a really good time. So, yeah, anytime you want to order an Americano, just put yourself back. 
to November 2016 watching TV and say, America, no. Well, maybe that's just how I'll order it, as I'll just say, America, no. Yeah. Please. Exactly. And then, and then they'll be like, what? And I'm like, America, no. And then they'll say, what? Like, and you say, I don't like, know what the problem is here. Good God, America, for the love of God, no. And they'll go, oh, an Americano. Got it. Americano. No, I don't want to do it. I don't ever want to say that word again. All right. I think that's the last time I'm ever going to say it. Well, that's unreasonable. I'll say America, no, but I'll not say the other one. That's fine. That is reasonable. Um, anyway, why should I get an, an Americano? Well, What's because it's, 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 well, so like talking about, you don't like, you talk about, you like fancy drinks and shit, but espresso is really good. And it's, it's like concentrated coffee and it's bitter. So an Americano is like five shots of espresso with some water. So it's basically just like super coffee. But if you get it straight, it's, it's nice and bitter and stuff. So you might like it. Yeah. It'll definitely amp yeah. you up. Don't get it if you don't want a lot of energy. No, I don't want a lot of energy. Like, and even with the coffee, I only get like a small amount. Like I only, I only drink like eight to 12 ounces a day. Yeah. Cause it's just enough to wake me up. And then apparently if you just drink eight ounces of coffee, it like, it like expands your blood vessels just enough to like give you, to let oxygen go through. Um, and then when you, when you keep like pounding the stuff down, then that's what bogs you down. But yeah. I just like I just like my one little cup and I feel good for hours and hours and hours. So yeah, that's my that's my coffee tirade. Now I like coffee. I do too. Um, and oddly enough, Dunkin' Donuts is my favorite coffee. Yeah, people like their coffee. I don't know if I've ever had it. Not much else there is good. Oh, yeah, but I was. Butt. Yeah, they're not that good. Um. I was driving home one day from my girlfriend's house and stopped at a Dunkin' Donuts drive through to get a coffee. And they saw that I had my dog with me and they were like, you want a dog biscuit for your dog? And I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. And then they just hand me a dog biscuit. They just have treats to hand out dogs. And then she so, was like, eh, it's like, I'll eat this biscuit, but I'd rather have biscuits from most other biscuit places. Yeah, she did have that exact <laughs> it's like, like she took it. She took it from my hand and she was very suspicious about it but she was like if i don't eat this something else is going to so i'm gonna eat it yep that's the story of dunkin donuts right there for a man and beast yeah so they got my vote they're good they're nice to dogs all right so just the other day we had word that colin trevorrow was stepping away from star wars episode nine uh mm-hmm. i personally thought that was great news because i was not excited he was directing that movie because his last movie that I saw was Jurassic World, and I thought that movie was a piece of shit. Yeah. So he stepped away. Um, clearly, he was told to step away. I don't think you get to voluntarily step down from one of the biggest movies Disney's ever making. Um, yeah. And then just the other day, they made an announcement of the new director, who is... Mr. J.J. Abrams. Oh, yeah. If I had a soundboard right then, that would have been it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and J.J. Abrams, for those who don't know, directed the first new Star Wars, Star Wars Episode Seven: The mm-hmm. Force Awakens, which is a fantastic movie. Um, I think that this couldn't be better because I think when the same director does an entire trilogy, the trilogy usually suffers for it. Um, usually I feel like they can get one or two movies out that they really want to make. And then by the third, by the second or third one, they're not as good. Um, but so I think him starting this new trilogy, handing it off to someone else to really push it into a different direction and then coming in and cleaning it up, I think is going to be a really good combo. Um, and I'm really excited also because he, I think they asked him to do the trilogy and he said no. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, there was a quote a while back of him saying, basically, it was a quote from a friend of his who said he's never seen J.J. Abrams like this before. But basically, when he read the script for episode eight, Ryan Johnson's or Ryan Johnson's script, he said he wishes he was making that movie. Like, he wishes he hadn't turned it down because this movie looks so fucking good. So the fact that Abrams said no, saw where the trilogy is headed, and then 
is back on board, like it all, I think is just good news. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think he was clearly just wanted to do one and be done. And then his excitement for the next one is probably the thing that pushed him to be like, ah, okay, I'll do this third yeah. one. Um, and you know, that fat payday for show. Um, yeah, that's exciting. I like JJ Abrams as a filmmaker. I don't think he's like, uh, I don't think he's like on a, an A plus level, but he is on a level that's like, I think it's just fun. Like, I like I like going to see a JJ Abrams movie because I think I know I'm going to get it's kind of like the Marvel code where it's like I know it's going to be fun it's there's going to be some humor there's going to be giant monsters like there's there's trademark JJ things that I like um and they fall into the Star Wars purview pretty well and I I liked episode 7 I don't I I don't like it as much as you or a lot of people do but um I still think it's leaps and bounds better than prequels for sure uh I think it's better than the first the very first star wars movie new hope uh Abs- new hope is not that good like it yeah. it it, intro- it does some things that had never been done it did all this new shit it was a very good copy of a akira kurosawa movie mm-hmm. um but it's not actually that good of a movie like when you watch the original trilogy a new hope sort of is a chore to get through like there's there's fun there's so much classic shit in it that it's still fun but it's not, it really yeah. isn't that good. I think, I, I think the force awakens is definitely better than a new hope. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just, I, I'm very excited to see this movie now that he's doing it again. Uh, I didn't have a problem with Colin Trevorrow, Trevorrow, whatever the fuck you just say, you start, you say T and then mumble. That's how I do it. Colin T, uh, my boy Colin T, T but whatever. apparently I was, I was reading that, and I don't know how true this is. It's just all rumor. But apparently he's got a real inflated ego since his last two movies, which is Jurassic World and something well, called like the Book of Henry. Or something. Yeah, I believe the, the last movie he made did terribly. Yeah. Um, so. There's no room for ego in Star Wars. That's how you get Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> yeah. And, and whoever Snoke is, Supreme Leader Snoke. Yeah, the rumor is that he's being difficult to work with, but I I don't put a lot of stock in that. I yeah. mean Yeah, there's they no did calling. they did what they did because they felt like it was the right move to do. So and yeah. we got in JJ, so I'm on board. Yeah. I feel like it's been a good good week for for nerd stuff because not only was that announced, which is really exciting, but they are putting back into production the Nintendo classic. Yes, I know I know one particular person who's very excited about that. Yeah. His name is my friend Keith. You might know him as a heavy metal puka shell loving guy. Um but yeah, no, I'm I'm stoked on that because the the discontinuing of the NES Classic made zero logical sense from any standpoint. Um, I and, can confidently say it was the most fuckheaded move that Nintendo has ever made. Um, yeah, it, it absolutely makes sense. And it's like, even if it's like, oh, they, you know, they have to set up their production stuff a decent amount of time in advance. They extended it, but they just didn't have the pipeline to like keep working on it. That's fine, but why didn't they say that? Why didn't they say, yeah, we're it's not going to be available for a while, but we're going to start again? Instead, they stood by their bullshit. And that's what was just so crazy to me was that they kept saying, like, oh, no, we didn't mean it. We didn't want it to be a full-time product. It's like, yeah, but mm-hmm. so many people want to buy it. Like, why don't you just fucking sell it? <laughs> like, do you, if you make any money on it, there's no reason not to just sell it. Um, and they that's said so they're, obvious. Ex- they're extending the Super Nintendo classic run through next year as well which they initially weren't going to yeah i mean that's just it seems obvious it's like people want this there's a market for it see they're what they've said now that i think is the most transparent they've been on the whole thing is that when they first were releasing the nes classic they looked at the market they looked at other classic consoles that were sold Mm. and they didn't sell that well they they saw the margins like they they saw the market for them and they produced accordingly but what they didn't appreciate which is ridiculous is that they're fucking nintendo and a nintendo made like retro console is extremely desirable 
Yeah, that's not the, to that's mention the key difference there. It's the NES Classic is the best NES emulator that there's ever existed. Um, yeah, and the Super Nintendo Classic will probably be the same because Nintendo knows what they're doing with this stuff, and so it makes it like, of course, people want it. It's the best way to play these old games. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, especially when the original Nintendo was coming out, there was no competition. Nintendo made video games. That was it. Sega was like trying to fuck around and stuff, but. They were nowhere near on the scale that Nintendo was, for sure. Right. You know, you know, it's like, I don't understand. I mean, I guess I could understand that a little bit. But what other classic consoles are they taught? Where are they looking at? Oh, because... just go to Target or Toys R Us. There's a ton of, they have these things that play like a million Atari games or a million Genesis games. Like, because they're like, the copyright is run out on all these old things. Um, right, exactly. And so you can buy these things that are they are Genesis's with wireless controllers and they have 150 games on it and they're 30 bucks, but they're shitty. They're super shitty. Um, and they don't sell very well. And that's the thing. Like they, the plenty of those things do exist, uh, but not many people buy them, but not, you know, they're not made by Nintendo and of high quality like this. So of course everybody wants it. Yeah. Nintendo's on a whole new league. I mean, there's a lot of frustration with what they do currently. Um, and the switch has been really great all all around except for like whatever's whatever whatever the hell's going on with the virtual console and just their online in general is shit garbage yeah but um uh yeah i don't know i feel like they do this thing where they like they flip-flop you know it's like they do something and they're like real confident and they're like yeah, we're not going to do uh, head headphone sport because, you know, we're Nintendo and we know what you want. And then and then they'll like, well, I don't know if people want a, a Nintendo, an old Nintendo console. It's like, yeah. yes, have, please have that confidence that you just had when you told me I didn't want the thing I already bought for myself so that I could play the thing that you're trying to give me. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I know I've talked about it before on here, but... People don't want to use these bulky gamer headsets to talk to their friends. That's exactly why I buy this bulky gamer headset. It's the hundred percent the reason I bought it was to talk to my friends. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, we don't need to retread that. Yeah, no, it's so frustrating. Yeah, it's it's like Nintendo. I feel like they don't have like a unifying voice. They have a, a lot of characters that try to sell the Nintendo dream now. Like Reggie's definitely one of them. Uh, Miyamoto is a big voice. Um, and who, who's the guy who's been doing the switch stuff? Um, I don't know his name yet. We, we will learn his name. That guy's not going anywhere. I don't think. Yeah. Like he, like he's trying to be front and center as well. Um, and I feel like they're all pitching something slightly different. They need, they really need like a unifying, like I am Nintendo. Um, I don't know. I think they all represent, the company well for the most part yeah um i was just thinking uh i feel like for the first time in a long time nintendo is finally taking two steps forward and one step back yeah and they used to take two one step forward and two steps back every time but they're finally actually moving forward they have a net a net movement of forward and that's exciting as a nintendo fan very exciting the switch was the best-selling console of august yeah, I saw that. that. Um, it's big stuff. Well, that's I was reading something on Reddit that I thought was cool, basically saying that the Switch is pretty regularly outselling the PS4. Like it's, I think the PS4 mm-hmm. is outsold at two of the six months it's been out. Mm-hmm. Um, but consoles, most consoles don't hit their stride for a couple of years, and the PS4 is currently in its best year of its life, and the NES yeah. or the the Switch is reg- is outselling it pretty regularly yeah and and a lot of the reason it's not outselling it the months it hasn't is just because the stock's not there um yeah so that's pretty crazy that for its first year it hasn't even had a holiday season yet it's setting Mm -hmm. records yeah with mario like coming out during the holiday season and hopefully their stock gets refreshed and hopefully there's some virtual console stuff announced by there won't be i don't think i don't think we're gonna get that the fact that they just announced Nintendo arcade games, it's like, man, you're really starting pretty fucking far back. <laughs> like, why are you doing that? Yeah, what exactly is the deal with that, the arcade games? It's just, it's old Nintendo-made arcade games emulated on the Switch. Um, and it's cool, like, for game historians and people that care about that shit, it's actually pretty neat, because this is the, yeah. the arcade versions of these games. 
And so yeah. there are these little differences between them. I don't care about them personally, but I think it's cool that Nintendo cares about like preserving those differences. But it's still, it's just like, yeah, that's when people ask you for virtual console, it's really not what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they know, we know, they know what we want. Like, I think they, Nintendo, they the when will I get to play the game and watch games? That's all I want. Yeah. But they just keep, I don't know what the thing is, man. A lot of it has to be intentional. Like, especially with the Amiibo stock when that, that stuff was happening. Like, that that play of like, oh, well, there's just not enough. And we don't know if there'll be enough. So you might as well go out and get them while you can. Like, the Fever Pitch game that they play, they're really good at it. Um, and then, like, like now, you can go and find whatever Amiibo you want. You know, there's definitely plenty of it's them. It's not true, though. Um, you can find some Amiibo, but... There are plenty that you cannot find. I was the most of the Legend of Zelda series is completely unfindable. Um, There's still some of the early smash ones that you can't get. Like that's, that's the problem. And I like, I'm not saying there's not some degree of self inflicted damage by Nintendo on this, but Mm -hmm. the other issue is that people bitch. They're like, you never make enough amiibo. And then they release like the Animal Crossing line and they make a bunch and nobody buys them. And so every store you go to has fucking 20 Lotties in it, you know, and it's like, why'd you make so many Animal Crossing ones? Like, it's hard for them, I think, to predict which ones will be super popular and which ones weren't. And the Zelda ones weren't flying off the shelves until Breath of the Wild came out and it had cool Mm -hmm. support. And so then they've been impossible to find since Breath of the Wild launched. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. But we it had need to get time better at anticipating. Like, yeah. I feel like every all the Amiibo had their time where it's like if you if you wanted it, you could definitely get it at a certain time. There yeah. wasn't there wasn't one that you could absolutely like it, if you weren't there when it began, you're done. Because I remember going to Best Buy at a certain point and being like, fuck, they have every one that I was worried about getting a while ago here. I don't know. I and still I, want the Wii Fit trainer and I have not seen her in stores ever. Oh, really? I feel like that was one of the early ones that was like, she was around. She was in the very first wave, and she was one of the, what they call the holy trinity of impossible to find amiibo, and she's like the one that's never really been findable since. Hmm. I've I've played, I have not played enough of that game, Smash, and it makes me sad, but I also kind of don't want to. So I guess I'm not that sad. Well, don't. I mean, they're going to re-release it on the Switch, so don't stress about it. Are they? You they haven't. So? There's been no announcement, but I think 100% they will. I think they will re-release pretty much every big seller on the Wii U. Yeah. Which is not a dumb thing to do. They made some really good games to the Wii U that uh, nobody played. So why wouldn't they put a little bit of development time into them to making them deluxe and then re-releasing them? Yeah, and it'll come out with like all the characters and stuff. It'll come out with all the DLC characters and uh, probably a couple new ones. And that's the thing; like they've uh, Nintendo has said that they don't want to just straight up port anything from the Wii U. Anything they bring to the mm-hmm. Switch, they want to make a like a deluxe version, essentially add content. So that's yeah. why we got you know new characters and stuff in the battle mode in Mario Kart Eight. Yeah. I would imagine we get a new map or two and a couple new characters if they do bring Smash over. Um, but, and that's, I'll, the thing is like, I will probably rebuy most of those games. If they bring out a deluxe Mario maker, I'll buy it. I'll buy a deluxe smash. Um, you know, I don't know what else, but it's hard not to, I don't think they could release a smash brothers that I don't buy. That deluxe version of Mario Kart is so hot. It's really good. It's awesome. And I, I played Mario Kart eight a little bit on the Wii U, but it's just, again, I think it's just the Wii U. I don't like it. I don't like playing it. I hate fucking opening it. I hate turning it on and trying to get to the thing that I want to do. I hate it. See, I, I played this shit. And I didn't realize how much I hated it. Yeah, I didn't realize how much I hated it until I had a Switch in my hands. And I think I fucking hate the Wii U. We've talked about this before, Keith. I don't hate it. You do. It's just the difference between the two of us. Yeah. But I do have the Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD on Wii U, so I kind of I'm not I'm not gonna get rid of it. 
<sighs> I don't know what to do about it. The thing is, the Just... Wii U, if you own a Wii U and a 3DS, you can play every Zelda game ever made. Yeah, that's true. And that's pretty cool. It is cool. I'll agree with that. Yeah, I got a lot of classic games on my Wii U. Fuck. Classic. Classic Keith. Um, They also announced... uh, Bethesda announced that they're bringing Doom and uh, Wolfenstein 2 to the Switch, which is kind of really big news. Like, Doom's already out. It's cool that it's getting a Switch, but the fact that Wolfenstein, a new AAA title that is not released, is also releasing on the Switch is really mm-hmm. big and a, like the switch has tr- like basically multi-plat games on any Nintendo console. The attitude has always been like, we should make them for people that don't have the others. Mm-hmm. But now the attitude is like, I want to be able to play this on the go. And so enough games like that are going to sell more and more consoles because nobody would ever pick to play call of duty on the Wii U versus the Xbox one. Yeah, but some people might pick to play it on the Switch because of the portability. Mm-hmm. Like it's such a big factor that everybody wants, everybody likes it, and everybody wants it. Yeah, and those are very single player intensive games too. Right, which I I really like that Bethesda goes out of their way to do something different with the first person genre. Uh, so like Doom and Wolfenstein aren't good examples because they're very shooter heavy, but. Um, games like Dishonored and Prey, they go a little bit, a little bit outside the wheelhouse of like just strict shooter. Um, you're doing different stuff in the first person perspective, but uh, I think it's a good move, and it's a very not Nintendo move because Doom is not a kid friendly game in any way or a family friendly game in any way. Uh, it's a very violent, brutal game. Uh, and Wolfenstein is filled with crazy shit. I mean, there's a part where a dude is like dropping acid while he's supposed to be helping a pregnant lady infiltrate a base and she's murdering the shit out of people. Dude, the fact is they had, I think I can confidently say for the first time ever, there were swastikas at a Nintendo Direct. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's kind of fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, somebody, somebody, a guy, an announcer from Nintendo said the word Nazis. <laughs> like, he was yeah. like, like that's has never happened before, and I would never have thought that that would happen. Yeah, somebody's obviously at Nintendo, kind of being like, "Look, we got to get, we have to get other things on here, and we can't just be, we can't just rely on us and but that's, a few other companies. I don't know if that's fair cuz that implies that like the lack of games like that on older Nintendo consoles was Nintendo's fault, but I think it was yeah. more a lack of interest in other companies' fault. Um and I think it's just they the Switch is appealing. The Switch is appealing to customers and extremely appealing to publishers because of how much people like it. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of people probably counted Nintendo out and now they're kicking themselves and rushing. And I think over the next year or two, we're going to see a lot more announcements like this, especially with Bethesda taking the lead. Like if Bethesda is doing it, the Bethesda has not put anything on a Nintendo console since the NES. Yeah. Um, and I think the fact that Bethesda is doing it is going to make a pretty big impact in the industry. And I think, I do think we're going to see a lot more, triple a stuff sort of getting pared down to the point where it can run on the switch yeah um that's exciting because skyrim was not the one to do it you know it was cool that bethesda was putting skyrim on the switch but it's like you know as as we've said before skyrim's a six-year-old game and uh it's time to let it go yeah but yeah putting putting doom which came out just just last year uh and then wolfenstein is a new release I don't know if it's going to release simultaneously with the other copies, but in fact, uh, no, it's not going to because Wolfenstein comes out this year and it comes out for the Switch next year. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see what the quality is. I haven't seen actual... I haven't actually seen video if there's footage from the games running on Switch, but I have to imagine there's some... Uh, downgrading in the oh there there is it the bethesda talked about it with doom specifically too they said that 
they custom tailored it for the switch like it's not the same but they tried to make it this like the same like experience level kind of like the same pleasant experience but Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely they they have to downgrade it i mean the switch is not as capable as the other consoles yeah it makes sense still exciting though yeah i agree yeah i'm excited to play it i'm also i'm torn now between trying it uh in vr or on the switch well the vr experience is a separate thing well that's right it's uh it's fallout that's gonna be the full game yeah but i'm not as into that i've already played Mm -hmm. fallout so i don't care i played the shit out of doom on pc fucking crushed it went straight to hell Ooh, dang i'm back well spoilers no, just just hell. No spoilers. And we all know that's where Doom's headed. No, it has. It happens on Mars. That's what. That's where the rock goes, and that's where uh, Carl Urban goes. That that's where I was going with this. Uh, so I was going to say the game has surprisingly little to do with the film that was the Oscar snub the year it came out. Ugh, I'll never forgive the Academy for that one. <laughs> yeah. The intense characterization in that movie alone. I mean, you, so many characters, everything about them came across in one or two scenes. That's perfection right there. That's storytelling perfection. It really is perfect. Perfect. And we all know it's the movie that jettisoned Carl Urban into the stratosphere. Man, I was so glad Carl Urban uh, didn't have his career ruined from that. Yeah, because I liked him. Even in that shitty movie that I liked for fun, I still really liked Carl Urban. And I was like, oh, I hope this guy didn't just ruin everything. Yeah, but then he went and did Dread, and it, Dread was awesome. Yeah, it was so good. And it was proof that nothing can ruin The Rock. Oh, yeah, he's he's invulnerable, impenetrable, the impenetrable Johnson. Yeah, I think he really is unruinable because he's not done a lot of great movies. He's, in fact, he's done probably more very passable shitty movies. Yeah. You um, think he'll still be Black Adam? I hope not. You hope not. Yeah, that's great. I don't want anything good to happen in the DC universe. I want them to go to hell. <laughs> Um, speaking of the DC universe, the second issue of metal came out, which I told you about last week, I think. And man, that Scott Snyder, the guy who writes it, he's one demented dude. And he knows his shit as far as like DC universe goes. Cause he references like a lot of really cool stuff that people just don't even talk about anymore. Like final crisis and, uh, a lot of like Grant Morrison stuff. And, but like, man, the fucking, demented shit that he's writing for the the Batman who laughs and his little Robins. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. I'm excited to maybe read that someday. Oh, you definitely should. I'm never going to stop hounding you and your brother to read Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's Batman Court of Owls book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, until you do it, don't stop. We'll do it someday. Please do read it someday out there. The least place in skies. Am I right? Are you, are you adding lyrics to a Zelda tune? No, it's a song from Fifle Goes West. Somewhere out there. Sam, it's not the song from Fifle Goes West. It's a song from uh, an American tale. The first fight movie, Fight Club Full Goes West, is the sequel. Yeah, I know, mm. but you know what I was talking about. It's like fucking semantic police over here. I'm not familiar enough offhand to know what you're talking about. That's the movie with the rat, right? He's an adorable mouse. mouse. He's a super Jewish mouse. mouse. Is he super Jewish? Yeah, like him and his family are like immigrant Jews. Mm. And that's like, yeah. 
So what's the story in the in that movie in the first movie? They come to America on a boat or something, and then they Fifel gets separated from his family, and there's mean mice, and they try to meet back up. That's mm. it's great. It's a great film. What do they do? What do they do to him that's so mean? He Fifel falls in with like a bad crowd, and mm. there's like cats that uh, the mice get make a plan to like get all the cats out of the like docks and stuff. Um, and I can't remember, I can't remember how hard they try to meet back up or if they just sort of happen to meet back up. Spoilers, they meet back up. Hitman, Fifo and his family? Yeah. So the first movie is just about coming to America. Yeah. The first movie is like a classic immigrant tale. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then the second one is, uh, about Fifo becomes a cowboy. Mm. Is the second one good? The second one's great. Fifo goes west. It? Yeah, it's the one I remember more as a kid. So it's the one instance where the sequel was better. The only instance of that. That's not true. There's so many instances of that. No, that's literally never been true of any movie ever. I think you're being, uh, you're exaggerating right now. Probably. But I'll take you your word. <laughs> uh. Okay. Cool. I'm getting kind of tired. I don't. I feel like I'm not contributing very well anymore. Yeah, think, we can end it here. This I think feels maybe good. it's time. This feels good because I am coincidentally feeling satisfied. Yeah, I feel satisfied too. So I'm I'm comfortable ending it here. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, wherever the fuck you listen to this at. Um, and then check us out at spots like Facebook and Twitter. Yep. Yeah. You know, the websites, uh, just real quick before we go, I did have an idea for a website called orgy.org and okay. then I texted it to someone just the actual website. And then it is a real website where you could just do orgy stuff. And I was like, Oh fuck, someone took it. But my actual idea was to sell or, and use the orgy moniker to just like bring people there and confuse them. Do you have like a hot lead on some ore though? Not yet. Oh, that's a huge component to that that concept. I mean, like I I'll work on it, but it was just an idea. Yeah, but I'm saying if the if like the only like if the only concrete part of your idea is a domain name, then you're fucked, man. Well, no, that's the most important part because the most half of battle or really a lot of the battle is just getting eyes on your product. Especially if you get hungry eyes on your product and the, and they come there and they're like, well, I'm here already. I might as well check out what's going on. And then whatever product I'm selling, I, th- I thought it would be like fashion accessories made out of ore. Uh, I would actually get professional porn stars to model it so that they're doubly confused. as like, I know something's going on here. Uh, Keith, you got to know your market. And I don't think that you know your market. Maybe I could just order some of this ore. Yeah, I I'm got to I'm not backing this one. You're not getting an right. you're not getting an investment from my venture capital fund. Not even like $10? No, man. Sorry. I got to I got to do it's right for my uh my, you know, stockholders. Damn, Shark Tank fail. Yeah, sorry. I'm out.